Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, Associate Head Coach at the University of Virginia. She is a member of the 2021 Short Course Worlds coaching staff. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with Blair Brockman. Hey! to pick your brain about a myriad of topics. First and foremost, let's talk about the Tennessee invite. UVA just put up a very solid performance. Uh, with, there's all sorts of storylines to cover there, but from your perspective, just overall team, looking at it from a team, team-wise, um, how do you feel like UVA did in Knoxville? Sure, yeah. Uh, Tennessee invite is one that we look forward to uh, during the year. It's just kind of that checkpoint for us um, mid-season, heading into championship season. And our team just had so much fun. Um, anytime that we get the opportunity to get up and race, our kids take it seriously. We try and keep it light. And just, you know, if we have opportunities for them to swim different events, as I'm sure a lot of people saw, there was a lot of you know, people swimming events that you don't typically see them in or just changing things up. It's always good for them to get that um, chance. So I think overall, we were really impressed. Um, you know, throughout the year, we try and swim fast all the time. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of speaks to their training. So when we got there, it was just, hey, let's put on some tech suits, you know, and see what happens. <laughs> Yeah. You, you mentioned UVA swims, try, you try to swim fast all the time. That's something I definitely want to hit on a little bit. Um, but as far as the meet went, you know, Alex Walsh, ACC record 400 IM, Kate Douglas, ACC record 200 breasts, there were some, definitely some fast swims. We saw kind of all, all the stars, especially on the, the women's side come out for you. Was there an unsung hero? Was there anyone who stood out to you who really surprised you with their performances on the team? That's hard because everybody that went into that meet had personal goals for themselves and kind of, you know, benchmarks that they were hoping to hit uh, with not being rested or shaved or anything. Um, You know, so I don't know. I feel like everybody kind of did exactly what they were hoping to do. And if they didn't, then they learned something about themselves and their swim and their strategy and and how they can improve upon that. Um, You know, obviously Alex and Kate get a lot of headlines and, you know, our men have just been really stepping up to the occasion and it's really fun. I, I, you know, see them succeed and their relays are just off the charts. Like it's just so much fun to see them, um, you know, really kind of just following in that progression, you know, that our women have taken in the program. And I just feel like it's kind of the year of the dudes is what I say. (laughs) So I feel like our men are kind of that unsung hero, you know, their relays have really started to take some leaps and bounds and um, you know, our women are continuing to, um, move forward with a target on their back, you know, per se. And, um, you know, they're cool, calm and collected and they're just kind of going in and, and having fun. Is it, uh, I know you primarily or in in the past, at least you were working with kind of that mid group 200, 400 type swimmers, um, for this season so far for the fall, uh, what, what, are you still working with that group? Is that men and women combined? Do you get to see other athletes outside of that group? 
Yeah. So I am the primary coach for what is considered the middle distance group. So, um, you know, all of us coaches were kind of directors of individual programs with each athlete. And that doesn't mean that that athlete trains with us every single day or even every single practice. It just means that we kind of help find their flow to their practices during the week. So, um, you know, athletes get to work with every single coach, which I think is uh, provides a lot of diversity in their training and opportunities for coaches to, to see things that maybe someone else didn't, or, you know, just it gets them competing and training with everybody on the team, you know, sprinters, middle D, um, even our distance swimmers, you know, get more of that sprint based training occasionally, probably not as many times as they would like. <laughs> um, sure. and, uh, so yeah, I primarily still work with them. So, um, you know, like Alex um, hangs out in middle distance a lot, but she also gets a lot of speed work with Todd and Wes and um, a lot of influence from Tyler and Andrew. And, um, you know, so I do work with them a lot. Um, we got a lot of, you know, one of my favorite practices during the week right now is we have an Enduro IM group on Monday nights. And we've got Ella Nelson and Emma Wyant and Alex Walsh and Ella Bathurst and Sophia Wilson and all these girls, you know, and, and then some of the guys come and join us too. Um, that's a dynamic practice and it's just so much fun because you mean, you saw what Alex did at, at invite and obviously Emma and Ella as well. And you know, I'm like, girls, this is, this is something you don't get everywhere. You know, you get to, to race each other like this. So, I mean, that's just one example of a really cool practice that happens every week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to the uh, just kind of the general environment for UVA specifically for the women, because they are the defending champs. Do you feel like it's a significantly different energy from last year where they were chasing that first title as opposed to this year where, where, you know, it's like they are the defending champions. They do have that target on their back. You know, last year was so different in so many ways, (laughs) you know, it was, we didn't even know if there was going to be a midseason meet. We didn't know if there was going to be an ACC championship or, you know, a week before NCAAs were like, we don't know. Um, so, you know, we just prepare to be our very best the, for the very next day, because, you know, that's, the, that was the only thing that was in front of us, um, you know, and I just feel like they felt a sense of, um, you know, proving themselves because 2020 didn't happen. I think last year was like, all right, we're just going to storm in there and, you know, really kind of do what we have planned to do each and every day in practice. And they had that mindset of like, just going in and, and doing, doing what they know how to do. And this year, you know, there's a little more pressure, obviously, but there's still that excitement that, you know, it's still new, you know, it's only happened one time and we hope that we can do it again, but it's not promised, you know, they have to go in there and fight for it and, you know, put together some of their best swims and, So I think that there's still excitement around the process and, you know, people wanting to continue to elevate their own performances and, um, you know, they want to do it for their teammates. It's, you know, it's not a self, um, a self thing. It's very much a team oriented goal that they have. And, you know, I think they're just as excited, you know, they know it'll be even more of a challenge this year. Uh, yeah, it's, it seems like there's some, especially after that weekend with battling, uh, the Tennessee women, the Alabama women really came out swinging. And then we saw what other programs did around the country. It, it seems like it's going to be a good battle come, you know, conference come, uh, NCAAs. Um, 
So the energy on the deck, I mean, I've been to you guys' practices before. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot it of is. energy. <laughs> um, I mean, how do you, how do you f- personally as a coach feel like you maintain that energy or, or keep that energy going? Do you feel like that comes from Todd? Do you feel like that comes from all the coaching staff? Um, and how does it, how do you see it trickle down to the athletes? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really great question. And you know, it's hard because I would consider myself a more introverted individual. Um, so giving off that energy all the time is challenging, mm-hmm. but we have a wonderful leader in Todd. Um, you know, he is like the energizer bunny and <laughs> he never stops going. You know, he always is, you know, the excitement and the passion and the, you know, just overall, you know, energy that comes with him each and every day, whether it's in the office, you know, we've got music bumping in our office starting at two o'clock, you know, to get ready for that practice, Um, you know, running out on the pool deck. And I mean, I'm sure lots of teens have heard us on the pool deck at meets like yelling loud and just kind of breaking up the silence. Like that's not a show. That's just like the kid's passion coming through. And so we just see it as our, as not even our job, just kind of living out who we are on the pool deck each and every day. And it's fun because then you can see how your energy influences another person's and, you know, whether somebody's having a good day or a bad day, like you can, you know, give them that smile on their face. And, you know, it's not an uncommon thing to see us dancing around on the pool deck. Um, You know, we have lots of different kinds of music that happen. I mean, um, you know, sometimes Todd's in a country mood and we just kind of go with that. Um, Then, you know, it just, it varies day to day, but you know, it, I mean, weeks on weeks on weeks of that, it it is hard. So, you know, you definitely have to um, conserve where you can and and balance your own personal life so that you have that energy. For me, it's running. I like to go outside and get a good run in every day. Um, I try and train for like one or two half marathons each year so that I can, you know, have something else that I'm focusing on so that I can bring a lot of joy and passion to the pool deck. Um, You know, and also I go to bed early. You know, just getting a really good night's sleep because, you know, when we go into practice at 6 a.m., the lights are on. And, you know, if we go in there sleepy, then it doesn't do our kids on the team any good. So um, we definitely take it seriously that and and we do feel like give the energy that you have and you'll receive it in return. Um, And so we kind of just operate each and every day like that. That, I, I love some of those points. I mean, I don't, I really don't feel like, especially swim coaches put enough emphasis on a good night's sleep. Oh, um, gotta get to, to bed. <laughs> right. So like just a general, so if you have 6am practice, when are you going to bed or when you, when is the goal for going to bed and when do you wake up to get ready for that practice? Ooh, um, I try and go to bed around nine, mm-hmm. maybe nine 30. Um, just depends on, on what's going on, but that's kind of my goal range of time. Um, and then in the mornings, you know, I really value a good cup of coffee before I go in. So I got to get up in time for that. Um, so I would say I probably get up about an hour and a half before practice hour and 15. Um, I live fairly close, so it's kind of just a zip over to the pool, but got to get that good cup of coffee in before I go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like some people realize, you know, like what, what it takes to really get to that next level. Yeah. Um, and to, to me, it's always been sleep. So I'm, mm-hmm. it makes me happy to hear you say that as well. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Cause I, my next question was going to be like, how do you recover, you know, from all this energy, but 
you already covered that perfectly. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I don't feel like I, I mean, I feel like this style of having a team kind of sells itself, but obviously recruiting is, is a big thing for every college. Um, specifically, if, if you're doing recruiting, do you, are you going after men and women? Do you, do you cover one gender or the other? And do you feel like there's a difference for yeah. how you're recruiting them? Yeah. So um, we, we have it divided a, differently in our, within the coaching staff. Um, I primarily focus on women's recruiting, but that doesn't mean that I don't also talk to, to men in the recruiting process as well. Um, at some point in the recruitment of a student athlete, all of us get involved in those conversations and getting to know them because when they show up here, it's a combined program. You know, our male coaches will coach women and our female coaches will coach men. And so it's really important that we build that relationship and that when they show up, they're like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. It's not like, oh, hi, you know, like we have to, we stay in touch with them and we build these good concrete relationships so that, you know, it's just like a casual conversation, like, hey, so-and-so like, you know, it's, it's what's going on in your life right now. Um, and so, you know, we divvy that out, but I primarily work with the initial contacting on, on the women's side um, and, and kind of getting that going, um, you know, and then when it comes to official visits and, and things of that nature, I'm kind of the lead point in that and, and creating those trips and experiences for them once they actually get here on grounds at UVA. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's fun though. I, I mean, I love event planning. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of details and, and a lot of kind of being on it, but, um, but if, yeah, like you said, if you like it, that, that seems to work out well. So yeah. then they get on campus or, or, you know, they commit to UVA, they're freshmen. Um, we talked about this earlier. UVA always wants to swim fast and seemingly from the media perspective, they do, you guys, <laughs> you guys are on it hundred percent of the time, uh, how, how do you foster that? You know, what, from a physical standpoint, just of how do you prep them for, you know, your everyday dual meet? Um, and then mentally, how do you, how do you get them thinking? We want to be fast all the time. Sure. I think when, when our first years, we call them first years, second years, third years, and fourth years at UVA, um, instead of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Mm -hmm. Um, so when our first years get here, I think obviously they have been seeing our team um, from a different perspective, you know, from the outside looking in and, you know, they kind of see that mentality of swimming fast. So they've already kind of wrapped their heads around like, okay, I'm going to swim fast. And so, um, you know, we talk to them about that as like, they're about to make that transition to school is like, you know, be ready, like be excited. Like this is going to be a really cool experience for you. There's going to be so many things that are new, like, you know, your weight training or your dry land, um, really just the strength and conditioning element of it alone is already just a game changer for a lot of them. Just that, you know, that part of the program, um, you know, we've got, you know, sports psychologists and nutritionists and all of those people that are there to help foster like this, this wonderful journey for them as a student athlete to, and, and kind of honing in on all of those components of like the mental game of it. Like, what does it mean to like really be on it all the time? You know, how do I sustain that? So um, we have wonderful people here at UVA that help them, but in terms of kind of their initial adjustment, 
you know, I think that if, you know, a high school student looks at the results of a dual college dual meet, they'll be like, wow, you got to go like your best times to score. And so like having that conversation, like, don't be surprised if, you know, you kind of take that leap up and find yourself swimming faster than you ever have in an in-season meet. It's just the environment. Um, and, you know, just the, the whole, like, I'm doing this for my teammates thing. So we have a lot of individual meetings. I mean, Todd does an excellent job of taking time out of his week, first few weeks, and he does it routinely throughout the year, but meeting with each and every single athlete on the team. And if you do the math, and if you spent five minutes on all those athletes, I mean, like you're in the office for three weeks, right? (laughs) So, um, but you know, all the coaches do that. And we're kind of just like, you can do this, commit to the training, believe in the process, you know, like look at what has happened before you and seeing the success that other people have had. And, um, we've really been excited to see so many people buy into it and, um, you know, expect more out of themselves than maybe they would have initially. So, um, I think it's just the culture, honestly, it boils down to like, they've seen it happen before and they're like, Oh, I'm a part of that. And I'm going to help that, that as well. I, I was excited when this was happening on the international scene with, you know, whether it was people going to world cups, people going to ISL, but, you know, people racing a lot and, and going best times. And so I think to see, to see prominently UVA kind of carry that mentality into the college scene has been really refreshing because swimming can be such a grindy sport and yeah. dull and not very fun. And it's like, well, if you're having fun all the time and if you're going really fast all the time, then like that makes it a lot more enjoyable. Right. Oh yeah. I mean the intense, that's, I I feel like that's another big difference for them. Is like, we tell them like the intensity of our practices each and every day is it's tough. Like we're expecting you to race every day and practice to your, to your highest potential. Like whether that day you can, you've only got 90% in the tank, like we want you to dump out all 90%, right? Like, you know, just give it all each and every day. And it's just going to set you up to do the same thing in meets. So, you know, there, you know, it's, there's never like an easy day. Maybe there's a different type of intensity, but the intensity is always still there. So um, they're constantly, you know, going fast in practice and, you know, just that, that type of work translates really, really well. So, yes. I mean, that's, I find that really interesting. You were at Indiana, you were at Dartmouth, you're at Bernal. Um, so you, you've seen a lot of different programs and how they work, um, with, with UVA is, is the, the kind of work they do or the intensity of of the practices on a day-to-day basis significantly different from those, especially because on meet days, you're, you're placing that emphasis on, again, we want to go best times. We want to, you know, go really, really fast, not just in season times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like everywhere that I've been as a coach has given me a completely different experience that I can draw from um, and really just kind of helps me do what I'm doing today at the best of my ability as a coach. But I think the biggest difference is we are truly racing hard every day. Like there was one point, I guess it was two years ago where I was running an IM practice with some guys and girls. And I saw Kay Douglas push a 154, 200 IM in practice. And I was like, you know, I'm sure that you saw that story or something. Love it. And, you know, it's things like that just 
they, ha- I mean, like not everybody is Kate Douglas and not everybody can do that, but everybody's trying, right? So everybody's trying to go that fast yeah. and, you know, helping each other out. So the biggest difference for me from a coaching perspective is, you know, just kind of the buy into the racing element and, and the effort element of what we're doing. Um, I wouldn't, I, I think there's a million different ways to slice bread and so many different ways to train athletes and there's no per- one perfect way. So I think, you know, every program has kind of found their rhythm. And I think at UVA, our, our rhythm has been found in that racing element, but also the crossover training that we do between groups, you know, like a 200 type swimmer um, would, you know, would train a good couple of aerobic workouts during a week, several 200 pace workouts, and then they get a lot of speed work. We also do a lot of resistance training every day. Like there, I don't think there's one practice that happens without some form of resistance, whether it's buckets or racks or shoots or socks. Um, I'm pretty sure the sprinters in Todd's group live in socks and parachutes. All the time. <laughs> But you know, that's just what they, that's just what they do. And and they swim fast. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're doing it. Everybody's doing it differently. And we've just kind of found our own rhythm. Is there a saxophone behind you? It is. That's my husband's saxophone. He's a musician. (laughs) Sorry, totally off topic. I know this this is music. (laughs) Gotcha. As you were talking, I was like, wow. Does Blair play sax? I wish I could play. I'm not musically inclined at all. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, All right. Yeah. Husband sax. Very cool. Okay. Uh, Back on topic. (laughs) Um, So talking about different places you've coached, um, something I didn't know until this morning, uh, you were the head coach straight out of college for five years at Bernal. Um, can you, can you tell me a little bit about Brunel? Because I certainly don't know a lot about it. Um, what, how, how did that come, come to, uh, how did you come to Brunel? Yeah. So Brunel is a women's only university in Georgia. Um, it's one of very few remaining women's only colleges, um, in the U S so it's really niche, um, in that it's also a member of the NAIA, um, which is not an NCAA division one, two or three. It's separate from that, um, mostly private universities. Um, and so, yeah, I had just graduated from college and I'd actually gone to work in public relations um, for about a year. And the pool that Bernal University operates out of is the one that I grew up swimming in as a club swimmer. Um, they didn't, they had disbanded their university team um, from 1982 until 2006. Um, Yeah, before women were in the NCAA for swimming, it was the AWIA. Um, And that's what Bernal University women's team competed in, which was really cool to kind of have that history. Um, So my club coach while I was in college actually restarted, reinstated the Bernal University program. And when I graduated from college, he was trying to help the university find someone that would kind of get the program going. And my name came up in conversation. Um, I kind of always had a feeling I would find myself in coaching at one point or another. And they just took a really wild chance on somebody that had only coached club. And so I was kind of just thrown into the fire. Um, And I made a lot of mistakes. I made some good choices. Um, And 
just had a blast. You know, I worked with probably anywhere from 12 to 16 women each year in the team. It was a smaller program. Um, I never had an assistant or a grad assistant or a volunteer. It was just me and the women's team. And, you know, I was the director of ops and the travel agent and all these things combined. So I kind of got to learn what it meant to take on all these different roles. Um, At any one point, we probably had like five different practices going on in the pool at one time. And I managed all five at once. Um, You know, so it, it, you know, it was just, uh, it was a trial by fire type of job. um, And one that I loved, Um, seriously loved it a lot. And, you know, got to see the team go from 12th in the NAI, you know, to third, um, and just saw a lot of progress. They won their first conference championship while I was there, which was really honestly, one of the most exciting points in my career that I can even look back on, even after winning NCAAs, was jumping in that pool for the first time ever as a conference champion. Uh, we won it at Virginia Virginia Tech's pool, actually. That's where our conference meet was held up. In Christiansburg? Yeah, yeah. The conference meet was held there. So, um, yeah, that was a beautiful five years for me. And, you know, when it came time, I had met a couple of different coaches and then obviously here, but, um, you know, for now, for now is such a sweet, sweet spot in my, in my memory and kind of history of how it all started. Yeah. That's so that's, it sounds like a really unique experience. Um, what being a head coach, uh, (laughs) just period. I mean, what, what do you feel like the takeaways for that, for, for you from that were, I mean, is that, is being a head coach something you would want to do again after that experience? Mm-hmm. What's cool about having been a head coach and then obviously, you know, working here at UVA is there's a lot of similarities, regardless of the level of swimming NCAA or NAI, you know, the things that you encounter as a head coach are the same, you know, um, you know, just the relationships with your athletes, budgeting or recruiting or whatever it is, it's all the same, you know, so I was lucky to have that experience and understand what it means to to take on those responsibilities. Um, I love being a head coach. I certainly would not rule that out for myself in the future. Um, But I, you know, one of my biggest rules of thumb is for, you know, work is you got to love where you are and love the people that you're surrounding yourself with each and every day. And currently I love where I am and I love the people that I'm surrounding myself with every day and I'm challenged. Um, and, you know, Todd and the rest of the staff has, you know, we're constantly doing our best to improve on ourselves, you know, and, and kind of our craft, if you will. So, um, you know, I wouldn't rule it out for myself. I certainly love a challenge and I love the idea of, of kind of being at the, at the front of a program again, but right now I'm really kind of just enjoying where my feet are. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, so for, for someone who's getting into coaching, obviously you had said, you know, I think I, I will coach at some point or I'll get into coaching, but I'm guessing that's not what you would expect is maybe your, your first college <laughs> coaching role. Um, so for someone who's getting into college coaching or, or for someone just looking for that next opportunity in, in collegiate coaching, um, do you think any opportunity is a good opportunity or, or what do you look for? Um, you know, you, you just mentioned, I have to be happy with where I'm at and who I'm surrounded by, but, but what do you feel like um, sticks out to you when you're looking for an opportunity like that or when you were at least? 
Yeah, I think the biggest influence for me has been the individuals that I trust and ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, one of my biggest mentors is Jerry Champer at UGA. Um, he actually had me working UGA swim camp for many, many summers, and That's he awesome. has has certainly helped uh, guide me in a couple of my decisions throughout the way. So. I think first and foremost, anybody that's looking to get into coaching or really just kind of take steps in one direction, whether it's, you know, a power five or if it's in the NAIA or if it's whatever direction it is, because I do think that there's a place for everybody, just kind of like recruiting. There's a there's a there's a pool for everyone. There's a place for everyone. Um, is just surrounding yourself with people that you trust, that you can ask those questions, like what do, what do you think about this? And um, doing your research, you know, what are the type of programs that you'd like to be a part of, um, you know, and I think that there's a lot of resources for coaches now, um, more than there were maybe when I was going into it. Um, you know, I didn't even know what an Olympic quad was when I first got into college coaching. I mean, like, I didn't even know how to register an athlete to go to a pro series swim meet. Like, I didn't know how to use high tech. I mean, there's just so many things, you know, so I think that having um, kind of a, a phone tree, if you will, of people that you either introduce yourself to or that you get to know, um, you know, go spend some time on a pool deck with a team that you admire, you know, if, if you're you're looking to break into the sport and just ask a lot of questions, you know, some coaches are generally pretty chatty people. So I find that they'll answer anything that you have questions about. Um, but I would say just don't be afraid to not know. Um, that was that was a big thing for me early on as a young coach was, I think I was a little nervous because I didn't really know enough. So I just relied on what I thought I knew. And now as I'm going through the sport and kind of being more of a sponge, you know, as I go, um, I'm soaking it up and I'm willing to be like, I don't know how to do that. I wonder, I wonder how, you know, I can figure out that, you know, um, I'd never worked with power towers, for example, um, before I got to Dartmouth um, or to or to Indiana. And so it was like learning those things, um, you know, so don't be afraid to, to ask and introduce yourself to as many people as possible. That would be my advice to to younger coaches. Your your 10 plus years into your career and you're <laughs> more of a sponge now than ever. I that that's my takeaway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I, I'm learning all the time. That's, I mean, and again, like you said, if, if you're around people who are challenging you, I feel like that helps a lot, but that's, I, I feel like that is a key mindset to have, right. Mm -hmm. is, is you're just, you're still absorbing. Yeah. Even, you know, you're an associate head coach for the defending <laughs> women's champions and you're still like, Oh no, I have so I've, you know, there's so much I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, my other thought is too, like, Nowadays, everybody wants everything so instantaneously, right? We just we just want to be the best right now. And so I think as coaches, like you look at like Eddie Reese or Jack Bowerly or any of these coaches that have been around for a bit longer, and you're like, wow, it, it took a while like to get to that. So patience as you know, a bit of a virtue. Like again, I'm 10, 11 years into my career and I still have so much further to go. So if I'm not a sponge now, I'm not going to get there. Um, and so I certainly think that that's a good and valid point. Okay. So that's interesting because you, you talked about Eddie and, and Jack and you're like, it took a while. It didn't take a while for Virginia to get there. Todd <laughs> got there. And within, I mean, I'm going to say 2020, 
you, you guys could have won, right? Like you right. were there, whether, whether you did or not, it's it like took two years, but so you've, you've been, you've been there for the whole ride, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You, Todd hired you immediately. Um, mm-hmm. what happened in those two years? That wasn't a while, Blair. Well, I mean, to sustain success, it, you know, it's, it's a long journey. Um, you know, we've won once we've got to do it again. And so, or we want to do it again. Um, you know, I think that in general, UVA just already had the bones to be a national caliber university and program, um, with the education piece. And then also with, the program and the success of the program in the past was also pretty good. I mean, Leah Smith came out of our program. We had several other Olympians come out of this program and the women had been as high as I believe fifth or sixth place in the past. Um, so there's a real great history of successful swimming here. So it's not like we were coming out of nothing, but, you know, it was coming in. And I remember one of the first things Todd said to the team was we're going to win a national championship. Not, hey, we're our goal in five years is to win a national championship. It's like, no, we're going to win it. You know, it's just such certainty, such clarity of purpose. And so I think that everybody just said, okay, we're, we're, we're going to win, you know, like, and so each and every day just kind of became like one more step in that direction. And so, you know, yes, it happened quickly. Um, I mean, 2020 obviously didn't happen. We would have given it our best fight. Um, who knows what would have happened? I think we were ready to go for it. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of speed, it did happen pretty quickly. Um, but I think that the bones were there initially. And so it'll, it, but I also believe that, you know, the teams that are winning, the ones that are doing like putting all the pieces together to fight for those national championships have obviously have something good going on within their program from a leadership perspective. And I do think that we have really great leaders, not just our coaches, but also our student athletes are good leaders to one another. And so, you know, I think just it all kind of came together really quick and hopefully we can sustain it. <laughs> yeah. So is this your fourth season in Charlottesville? Going into our fifth. So like the, currently this is your fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember talking to um, Carol Capitani uh, right at, right at that <clears throat> kind of benchmark where, where she was at in Texas and being like, you know, this is kind of a different year because this is, uh, this is my, my people, right? right. Like the, this is, you know, four years have cycled, you know, everyone who I didn't recruit essentially is out to put it bluntly, mm-hmm. not, not a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, that's kind of what she was talking about was that, you know, everyone who is here came here under the guise of like, I would be the head coach. Right. Do you, do you get a sense of that from this team at all compared to the last four years? Yeah. So uh, like Paige Madden, Caroline Gamella, Kyla Valls, all those girls were in the first year class that started when we came to Charlottesville. So we, we didn't technically recruit them in, mm-hmm. but they, you know, adopted our perspective and our kind of all day mentality um, of our program pretty like so well, um, you know, because they, they didn't know us, you know, they, they committed to a program under, you know, the understanding they were going to be swimming for a different, completely different coaching staff. And so obviously anytime there's change, there's going to be gr- like growing pains. Right. So like no matter the program. And, you know, I think that 
honestly worked out very well. Um, you know, kind of how, how that class progressed, um, and the leadership that they took with the team, um, you know, obviously 2020, um, 2020, 2021 were kind of their, their last two years. I mean, obviously we, we don't have anybody taking a fifth year, um, because of COVID, but that, you know, they kind of ran with it and did such a great job. And so, you know, this is after this year's class graduates, our fourth year's graduate. So Lex Wanger and Julia Minkhouse and Jess Nava, um, that was a class that we actually had to put together in a matter of like two months when we got to Charlottesville back in 17. Um, I had just come off recruiting for a different university and completed that class. And then I got here and I was like, okay, you got to work on a completely new class. So the, those individuals we recruited, it was a quicker recruitment process for them. So uh, Kate Douglas and Ellen Nelson and Maddie Donahoe and, and those girls, that's, that was our like first, like fully immersed recruiting experience class. So, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where we have recruited everybody that's on the team and, you know, they know us so well from the recruiting process, you know, it's, um, it's just really nice, you know, to, to know that like you have helped to bring in that type of student athlete to the program, to the university, um, that you get to walk through the whole thing with them all four years, um, and just kind of see them develop as people, um, not just as athletes. And I think that we place a pretty big emphasis on that too. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I wouldn't say that there's a huge difference from, you know, having the adopted class coming through versus just all ours, but, you know, certainly see the buy-in um, from the recruitment process all the way through to when they get here. Yeah, you, you all don't have any fifth years? Uh, we do not. Is there, uh, is there, did everyone kind of have their own reasons why, or is that just like, I don't know, is UVA typically like a four and done kind of school academically, or is, is what's the reasoning behind yeah. that? Yeah. I think that UVA really does prepare students to graduate in four years um, and just kind of keeps them on track for that. You know, some students will go on to grad programs. Um, some would stick around here and go on to grad programs. Uh, I think that the class that just graduated back last spring, so Paige Madden's class, I think all of them were, you know, since they had come out of the canceled COVID year and kind of, you know, that year, that was kind of a big thing for them. They just went all in. And I think that they were so happy with how it ended. And so were we like, they were excited to move into the next part of their life. Um, obviously Paige is still training with us. Um, she's a, a pro at this point. So, um, I still, you know, with her every day and prepping her for, um, Abu Dhabi and going to short course world and world championship trials and all of those things. She is really just kind of decided to take it and run with it and see how far it takes her because she had such a great time at the Olympics and trials. And, um, so, you know, we, we certainly would be fine with someone taking a fifth year, obviously it would have to all work out logistically. Um, but you know, it just didn't happen, uh, this time around. So I'm not going to say it's not going to happen in the future because I think it also affects the class behind them as well. Um, in terms of, uh, NCAA, um, eligibility. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And speaking of short course worlds, yeah. uh, you're on staff. Um, what, <laughs> first of all, um, just what are your feelings about this roster having had some time to, I don't know, do you, do you interact with the, with the athletes on the roster? Um, I mean, do you call them, do you talk to them? What's, what's the prep work like heading into a meet like this? 
Sure. We're actually, I believe, about to have our all full team staff Zoom here this week. So um, that'll kind of be our first contact point with them. Um, And then obviously, you know, uh, USA Swimming and then Dave have been working on how to divide out different responsibilities and things of that. So we've had a couple of those Zoom calls kind of to prepare, also talking about protocol with COVID and the procedures for how to how to manage that on uh, international travel and um, you know, relays. There's a lot of relays at this meet. So, you know, making sure that we are staffing those relays um, appropriately. And I think we have such a great roster of athletes. There's a lot of, um, you know, individuals that can do a lot of different things. Um, also some really great specialists. So um, I think that this is going to be a really, really fun group, um, you know, full of seasoned and youth and everything in between. Um, I think us as coaches, we're all really honored um, to be given this opportunity to lead this group in in Abu Dhabi and, um, you know, kind of going back to that sponge mentality. You know, this is my first big international appointment with USA Swimming. So, um, you know, I I hope to learn as much as I can, as well as give as much as I have um, to these athletes and and to our coaching staff and, um, you know, just bring everything back for the U.S. that we can. Yeah. What, what are you hoping to, what are you hoping to gain is not really the question I want to ask, but being on a staff where there's a lot of collegiate assistance or, you know, it's not like an Olympic staff where everyone is this tenured head coach of a major D one program for the last 20 years. Right. It's like, it's a lot of people who maybe are in similar places in their career as you where, this might be their first or second um, international appointment. And what are you looking forward to about being on a staff like that? The exchange of ideas, um, a fresh perspective, you know, because we haven't necessarily been on those staffs before, you know, we might not be um, have any preconceived ideas of how it's been done in the past or on other teams. So I think that that is something, um, I think there's a lot of youth on the staff in terms of, you know, where we're all coming from and where we're at in our careers and and things of that. And, you know, I have gotten to interact with all of them, whether it be at a college meet or, you know, elsewhere. And, um, you know, everybody's just so friendly and, you know, really outgoing. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I, I think I'm just excited to just kind of be there and, um, you know, give ideas, but also be willing to kind of listen to different takes on things. Um, you know, I, I'm, we're not, you know, we're still working out how the training piece and kind of the responsibilities in terms of prepping athletes for their races is going to go. Uh, I think we're going to rely a lot on coaches from home, um, just kind of hearing their take on, on how that athlete prepares their to be their best. Um, so really, you know, making sure that we're in contact with them and, you know, hearing their two cents and because they're the ones that work with them the most, um, you know, obviously we have some UVA athletes on that, on that team. So that'll be, you know, an easier thing, uh, to manage. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really know a full on answer to that other than just kind of excited to see fresh perspective. I feel like anyone who's been in a room with a lot of coaches knows kind of the, uh, the idea of that exchange of ideas concept. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just hearing you talk about it briefly excites me just to be like, dude, I want to be a fly on the wall yeah. in those meetings. You know, it's, it sounds really exciting and really cool. 
Um, I'm not going to ask you about it, but I'm going to say I don't like this selection procedure for short course worlds. Uh, but but it is part of it is that 14 person roster on the men and women's side, right? So it has to be it has to be concise. Um, right. So my question for you is is how do you how are you preparing to work with that? kind of smaller roster with so many relays. Like you said, there's like seven relays for each gender, I think at this meet. Right. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Okay. So to, pre- to prepare for that, we need to see the full scope of what one individual's week of yeah. racing, <laughs> you know, like, is it overloading them? Is it affecting their individual, their best individual race, you know, just kind of taking all those factors into consideration, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, having athletes understand, like, you know, you're going to get plugged in, you know, and having, I think, you know, it's just having the communication up front, um, setting those expectations with those athletes and, you know, obviously working with Lindsay and, um, with Dave and everybody that's kind of leading the charge, you know, we're, we're just assistants, right. We're just kind of, we're following the lead, but, um, obviously I I think that communication is always going to be key when it comes to athletes and helping them understand, you know, the role that they may play on relays and, you know, just kind of setting those expectations. Um, because you're right, it is a very, small roster on both sides and, you know, a lot of swimming is going to be done. So, um, really just kind of looking at each, each individual's program and just, you know, how, how we can help, um, our squad, you know, compete at the highest level without stressing them out too much when it comes to their individual swims. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Well, Blair, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything I've missed? Is there any trade secrets we haven't uh, tapped into yet that you really have a burning desire to share with our audience? Oh gosh, trade secrets. No. Um, (laughs) uh, As a coach, I always have two pairs of shoes at my desk because one's always going to get wet from flip turn. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Trade trade secrets. you know, no, I, I mean, I just love this sport so much. And, you know, I think that any way I can give back, I want to. And, um, you know, I, I just feel really pri- privileged um, to talk to you and to, you know, even, you know, make the smallest impact. Um, so thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.